Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. You can view the live stream on Facebook at Mother Miriam Live. Now, here's Mother Miriam. Oh, dear family, how are you? I'm so happy to be with you live. This is not an encore. This is the real thing. And you know, um, we are not going to uh, spend this hour on the fun drive. Um, I have a very important uh, letter to read to you. Um, And uh, so I'm simply going to leave it with your hearts, your dear hearts, to uh, contribute to the very end of the fun drive. This, I understand, is the last day, and um, and that Station of the Cross needs uh, a little over $32,000, and if they make that goal, there's a donor who's going to give them an additional 25000 People do that just to encourage all of us to be a part, and I think it's very, very wonderful. So <clears throat> go ahead and give... Uh, um, the Station of the Cross a call or go to the station of the com. You can donate online. Um, whatever is good for you. One time, uh, a thousand times, any amount, any amount helps the goal. Any amount, beloved. So I want to read to you today um, a letter by Archbishop Vigano. Vigano, um, who you, I believe most of you know, was the um, uh, previous uh, nuncio to the United States from Rome and uh, is the very brave archbishop who uh, is known as the whistleblower because he uh, has is the one who's exposed the situation with ex-Cardinal McCarrick and so many of the bishops um, that have, um, how do I say, lost their faith, destroyed the faith, destroyed um, hundreds of thousands of souls. And um, uh, this is the second letter that Archbishop Vigneault has written to President Trump. I, I tell you, I haven't read the whole thing through. I'm going to read it through with you now. It's magnificent. He is magnificent. I want to let you know I wish he were the next pope. I just... We wouldn't have to worry about um, anything. Well, that's not true. He'd have much on his hands, but he is um, he's orthodox, he's solid, he compromises absolutely nothing, even at the risk of his life. This is outstanding. It was written last Sunday, <clears throat> a week ago yesterday, on the Solemnity of Christ the King. Um, that's in the old calendar. It's very wonderful. Um, and listen to this, because it, it has to do with the coming election, beloved. Um, and for this beautiful Catholic Archbishop to support the president as he has, is um, it just, it just uh, fills my heart with gratitude for him. <clears throat> let, me get, let me get into the letter. Mr. President... <clears throat> Allow me to address you at this hour in which the fate of the whole world is being threatened by a global conspiracy against God and humanity. And I'm going to interrupt this, uh, dear ones, to say that this is written to President Trump, um, but it is uh, the letter um, 
explaining, uh, calling out, outlining the reality of the evil in the world today. So it's for us. <clears throat> Archbishop, Archbishop Vigano says to Mr. Trump, I write you, I write you as an archbishop, as a successor of the apostles, as the former apostolic nuncio to the United States of America. I am writing to you in the midst of the silence of both civil and religious authorities. May you accept these words of mine as the voice of one crying out in the desert. And of course, he quotes John the Baptist from the Gospel of John. Archbishop Vigano says, as I said when I wrote my letter to you in June, this historical moment sees the forces of evil aligned in a battle without quarter against the forces of good. Forces of evil that appear powerful and organized as they oppose the children of light, who are disoriented and disorganized, abandoned by their temporal and spiritual leaders. Daily, we sense the attacks multiplying of those who want to destroy the very basis of society, to destroy the natural family, respect for human life, love of country, freedom of education and business. We see heads of nations and religious leaders pandering to this suicide of Western culture and its Christian soul, while the, while the fundamental rights of citizens and believers are denied in the name of a health emergency that is revealing itself more and more fully as instrumental to the establishment of an inhuman, faceless tyranny. <clears throat> a global plan called the Great Reset is underway. Its architect is a global elite that wants to subdue all of humanity, imposing coercive measures with which to drastically limit individual freedoms and those of entire populations in several nations. This plan has already been approved and financed. In others, it is still in an early stage. Behind the world leaders who are the accomplices and executors of this infernal project, there are unscrupulous characters who finance the World Economic Forum and Event 201 promoting their agenda. <clears throat> The purpose of the Great Reset, beloved, if you've been following the news, uh, it may be that a great majority have heard of the Great Reset, but you don't know what its plan is. Listen to this. The purpose of the Great Reset is the imposition of a health dictatorship aiming at the imposition of liber, um, liberticidal measures hidden behind tempting promises of ensuring a universal income and um, canceling individual debt. The price of these concessions from the International Monetary Fund will be the renunciation of private property and adherence to a program of vaccination against COVID-19 and COVID-21 promoted now by Bill Gates with the collaboration of the main pharmaceutical groups. Beloved, I can't keep interrupting this letter because we need to get through it. This is utterly, utterly diabolical. It is diabolical. And I want to tell you that if ex-Vice President Trump is elected, 
this is going to be a, a, a ticket to have this happen practically overnight. Our only salvation is to reelect President Trump for the next four years. <clears throat> to slow down and thwart uh, this demonic plan. Okay, I will continue now with Archbishop Vigano's words. <clears throat> Beyond the enormous economic interests that motivate the promoters of the Great Reset, the imposition of the vaccination will be accompanied by the requirement of a health passport and a digital ID with the consent, I'm sorry, with the consequent contact tracing um, of the, with the consequent consequent contact tracing of the population of the entire world. Those who do not accept these measures will be confined in detention camps or placed under house arrest, and all their assets will be confiscated. Oh, beloved, this sounds like some horror movie that we watched 20 years ago. This is This is accurate. This is exactly what's in place. Don't ask how they're going to build the detention camps. Beloved, I know this. They're already built and stationed all over the country. (coughs) I'll continue with Archbishop Vigano's letter. Mr. President, I imagine that you are already aware that in some countries, the Great Reset will be activated between the end of this year and the first trimester of 2021, For this purpose, further lockdowns are planned. Beloved, I'm telling you, they have nothing to do with COVID. It's simply world control. Further lockdowns are planned, which will be officially justified by a supposed second and third wave of the pandemic. You are well aware of the means that have been deployed to sow panic and legitimize draconian limitations on individual liberties artfully provoking a worldwide economic crisis. In the intentions of its architects, this crisis will serve to make the recourse of nations to the Great Reset irreversible. Once they follow this evil, it's done, beloved. giving the final blow to a world whose existence and very memory they want to completely cancel. But this world, Mr. President, includes people, affections, institutions, faith, culture, traditions, and ideals, people and values that do not act like uh, automatons, who do not obey like machines because they are endowed with a soul and a heart, because they are tied together by a spiritual bond that draws its strength from above, from that, um, from that God that our adversaries want to challenge, just as Lucifer did at the beginning of time with his non-servium, that is to say, I will not serve. That's what everyone, beloved, who is planning <clears throat> this evil, evil plot against humanity, and it's well planned, beloved. It's it's right in place. And if President Trump uh, is not reelected, uh, not only will we uh, Catholics um, uh, incur mortal sin for our vote, uh, but we will see our world and hopes destroyed overnight. 
Love learning more about the church, but confused or disheartened by the struggles we are facing today? Follow LifeSite News Catholic on Facebook, Twitter, or sign up for LifeSite Catholic emails and stay up to date on the constant stream of news about the Catholic Church. Our church is at a time of crisis, and we as laity have a responsibility and a duty to educate ourselves and stay true to the faith. LifeSite News Catholic is dedicated to keeping the laity informed and educated. To follow us, go to Facebook or Twitter and search LifeSite News Catholic. As Mother Miriam always says, we must live as if it were true. Are you ready for full contact Catholicism? This is Jesse Romero from the Terry and Jesse Show. Each weekday, we're talking about the things that matter to Catholics. Spiritual warfare, Marian devotion, tradition, and staying strong in your faith in this culture of death. I hope you'll join us. Give us a call during the show at 888-526-2151. It's the Terry and Jesse Show. 2 p.m. Eastern, 11 a.m. Pacific. Heard around the world on the iCatholic Radio app. Podcasts of our network-produced shows are free for your listening pleasure at thestationofthecross.com and on our free iCatholic Radio app for Android and Apple mobile devices. Be uplifted in your faith and inspired to spread the good news of Jesus Christ. Listen today at thestationofthecross.com or on our iCatholic Radio mobile app. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live um, and we are right in the middle of a, uh, 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 a God-blessed letter that Archbishop Vigneault um, wrote to President Trump just last week. This is Archbishop Vigano's second letter to President Trump. He's the former Apostolic Nuncio to the United States, and he is um, he is a blessing to everyone who is of true faith um, uh, and who is truly Catholic and who wishes the truth um, to be exposed and to come out, uh, that we have uh, our eyes open to the reality. Archbishop Vigano continues, many people, as we well know, are annoyed by this reference to the clash between good and evil and the use of apocalyptic overtones, which according to them exasperates spirits and sharpens divisions. It is not surprising that the enemy is angered at being discovered just when he believes he has reached the citadel he seeks to conquer undisturbed. What is surprising, however, is that there is no one to sound the alarm. The reaction of the deep state to those who denounce its plan is broken and incoherent, but understandable. 
just when the complicity of the mainstream media had succeeded in making the transition to the new world order almost painless and unnoticed, all sorts of deceptions, scandals, and crimes are coming to light. Until a few months ago, it was easy to smear as conspiracy theorists those who denounce these terrible plans, which we now see being carried down to the smallest detail. No one up until last February would ever have thought that in all of our cities, citizens would be arrested simply for wanting to walk down the street. Beloved, if you've been up on the news, you already have read these stories in our own country. Citizens arrested simply for wanting to walk down the street, to breathe, to want to keep their business open, to want to go to church on Sunday. Yet now it is happening all over the world, even in picture postcard Italy that many Americans consider to be a a small enchanted country with its ancient monuments, its churches, its charming cities, its characteristic villages. And while the politicians are barricaded inside their palaces, promulgating decrees like Persian satraps, businesses are failing, shops are closing, and people are prevented from living, traveling, working, and praying. The disastrous psychological consequences of this operation are already being seen, beginning with the suicides of desperate entrepreneurs and of our children, segregated from friends and classmates, told to follow their classes while sitting at home alone in front of a computer. In sacred scripture, St. Paul speaks to us of the one who opposes the manifestation of the mystery of iniquity, um, uh, the cathachon. In the religious sphere, this obstacle to evil is in the religious sphere, this obstacle to evil is the church, and in particular, the papacy. In the political sphere, it is those who impede the establishment of the new world order. As is now clear, the one who occupies the chair of Peter, now I'm reading this, beloved, from Archbishop Vigano, who knows Pope Francis personally, and uh, I uh, has written many, many things, and he's writing this now. <clears throat> As is now clear, the one who occupies the chair of Peter has betrayed his role from the, be- from the very beginning in order to defend and promote the globalist ideology supporting the agenda of the deep church who chose him from its ranks. Oh, what a hard sentence, beloved. I'm going to reread that. This is from an archbishop of the church. As is now clear, the one who occupies the chair of Peter has betrayed his role from the very beginning in order to defend and promote the globalist ideology supporting the agenda of the deep church who chose him from its ranks. Mr. President, You have clearly stated that you want to defend the nation, one nation, under God, fundamental liberties, and non-negotiable values that are denied and fought against today. It is you, dear President, who are the one who opposes the deep state, 
the final assault of the children of darkness. For this reason, it is necessary that all people of goodwill be persuaded of the apocal importance, epical importance of the imminent election, not so much for the sake of this or that political program, but because of the general inspiration of your action that best embodies in this particular historical context, that world, our world, which they want to cancel by means of the lockdown. Your adversary is also our adversary. It is the enemy of the human race, he who is a murderer from the beginning. Around you are gathered, again, from Archbishop Vigano to President Trump, around you are gathered with faith and courage those who consider you the final garrison against the world dictatorship. The alternative is to vote for a person who is manipulated by the deep state, gravely compromised by scandals and corruptions, who will do to the United States what George Mario Bergoglio is doing to the church. Prime Minister Conte to Italy, President Macron to France, Prime Minister Sanchez to Spain, and so on. The black mailable nature of Joe Biden, just like that of the prelates of the Vatican's quote-unquote magic circle, will expose him to be used unscrupulously, allowing illegitimate powers to interfere in both domestic politics as well as international balances. It is obvious that those who manipulate him already have someone worse than him already, with whom they will replace him as soon as the opportunity arises. And yet, in the midst of this bleak picture, this apparently unstoppable advance of the invisible enemy, an element of hope emerges. The adversary does not know how to love, and it does not understand that it is not enough to assure a universal income or to cancel mortgages in order to subjugate the masses and convince them to be branded like cattle. This people, which for too long has endured the abuses of a hateful and tyrannical power, is rediscovering that it has a soul. It is understanding that it is not willing to exchange its freedom for the homogenization Uh, homogenization and cancellation of its identity. It's beginning to understand the value of familiar and social ties, of the bonds of faith and culture that unite honest people. This great reset is destined to fail because those who planned it do not understand that there are still people ready to take to the streets to defend their rights, to protect their loved ones, to give a future to their children and grandchildren. The leveling inhumanity of the globalist project will shatter miserably in the face of the firm and courageous opposition of the children of light. The enemy has Satan on its side, he who only knows how to hate. But on your side, Mr. President, on our side, 
we have the Lord Almighty, the God of armies, arrayed for battle, and the Most Holy Virgin, who will crush the head of the ancient serpent, quoting Romans chapter 8, if God is for us, who can be against us? Archbishop Vigano concludes with this, Mr. President, you are well aware that in this crucial hour, the United States of America is considered the defending wall against which the war declared by the advocates of globalism has been unleashed. Place your trust in the Lord. Strengthened by the words of the Apostle Paul, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. To be an instrument of divine providence is a great responsibility for which you will certainly receive all the graces of state that you need since they are being fervently implored for you by the many people who support you with their prayers. With this heavenly hope and the assurance of my prayer for you, for the First Lady and for your collaborators, with all my heart, I send you my blessing. God bless the United States of America. Carlo Maria Vigano. What a magnificent letter. What a magnificent letter. How grateful we Catholics are, faithful Catholics, for someone, a former apostolic nuncio to the United States of America, who is writing a letter to the president, which I wish all of our bishops would have done. Um... Uh, it's it's truly magnificent, beloved. I think that you are going to be able to call in uh, during the break. We're going to give this a try. I know it's a separate, a different day today because of the fund drive, um, and you're going to be able to call in uh, at the, for the fund drive, too, to make donations. But the toll-free number for your questions and emails is one 877 I don't have the number before you. I'll get it on the break for the um, for the fun drive. But um, go ahead and call in, beloved. one 511 And I'll take your calls and emails. Anything that's on your heart, beloved. Anything at all that's on your heart. And I ask you to, just before we go to the break, to help the Station of the Cross not only stay on the air, but truly spread the gospel fearlessly, uh, and 24-7 uh, to every soul. That's what's needed. That's what they do. I have um, some requests from other stations, other Catholic stations, and I've removed them, even from, uh, I've removed our name from their mailing list because they are not faithful. They say they are, but they are not. Uh, no one who's silent is faithful. So uh, bless God, dear ones, for the station of the cross and that I can be with them and for LifeSite News. God bless you. We'll be right back after the break.
LifeSite News is an international news agency devoted to defending life and family and restoring Christian culture. We aim to educate and activate our readers with the information they need to fight the most crucial battles of our day in their churches, workplaces, and families. Our motto is Caritas in Veritate, Love in Truth. We firmly believe that promoting the truth is an act of love, however hard it is to hear. Over the last 20 years, we have built a reputation for uncompromising reporting, no matter the cost. LifeSite News is by far the most popular pro-life website on the internet, with over 40 million unique users every year and growing. Check us out at LifeSiteNews.com. This is Mother Miriam, host of Mother Miriam Live, to let you know that there is a magnificent array of programs that originate from the Station of the Cross, such as Stand Out for Life with Jim Havens and Father Imbarato. They pray for and discuss the pro-life movement each Saturday morning live at 9 a.m. Eastern. You can also listen to Stand Out for Life anytime as a podcast on the iCatholic Radio mobile app. This is Rick Paolini and Father Jacek Mazur. Join us every Sunday morning. We'll be delving into the diary of St. Maria Faustina and discussing the topics important in your life. Whether you're wrestling with willpower or praying for patience, God uses the diary to speak to your struggles. So tune in for Divine Mercy in My Soul every Sunday morning at 11. And catch the Encore presentation every Tuesday evening at 8. Jesu ufam tobie. Jesus, I trust in you. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved. Um, we have a whole half hour on Mother Miriam Live now, and I am uh, delighted to take your calls and your emails toll-free. Call in with anything on your heart, one eight seven seven five one one five four eight three. And again, you can always call in on the fun drive um, uh, during this half hour. This is not a fun drive half hour, but um, this is the day that the Station of the Cross needs to um, make up uh, close to 32000 dollars and if and when they do there is a donor standing by to give them an additional twenty five thousand that would be a heartache a heartbreak to lose that so just i want to share that with you we have an email from joseph who says hello mother bless you for your ministry i have two questions i hope you can shed light on first are we not allowed to have an image or statue of god the father um, we have in our house a statue of God, the Father, seated on a throne, holding the earth in the palm of his hand. His face looks a, light, looks a lot like the images of Jesus Christ. My second question is on the Eucharistic fast. Okay, let me answer God, the Father, first. You know, <clears throat> 
There are many who say we should not have an image, painting, or statue of God the Father. He's spirit. It's God the Son, Christ, again, who became man and uh, brings us the image of, of God the Father. He said to Philip, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father, Philip. But I've seen many paintings of um, of creation of the Trinity uh, with God the Father, and he's generally painted as an old man with a beard. Well, God the Father is not an old man with a beard. Um, <clears throat> but... Um, we we you know we're we're made in the image of li- and likeness of God. <coughs> we tend to reverse that and make him in our image. Um, is I don't know officially that there's anything wrong with it. I don't know. Um, coming from a Jewish background, uh, I would never do that. The Jewish people would never ever 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 make an image of God. Um, but again, God has appeared to us in the form of His Son. Um, so I cannot say it's wrong. Um, I, I don't know. I'm I'm taking a look on a couple of websites, and there's all kinds of responses to it. So I'd have to do some research on that to see the official uh, standing of the church. But again, I, I personally don't know that there's anything wrong with that. We understand that the image we're making of God as an old man or however he's represented is our... A finite human attempt uh, to love him and and bring him closer to us in a sense, uh, his presence by an image. I don't personally see anything wrong with it. Um, we have a ma- most beautiful image, uh, hand-painted, magnificent of the Trinity above the altar in our church, and it's the Trinity, the Father, Son, the Holy Spirit. Um, the Holy Spirit is represented as a dove, as he often is, but neither is the Holy Spirit a dove. The Holy Spirit is God, uh, just as God the Father is God, as, as God the Son is God. But these representations are, um, um, I think God accommodates himself to us. Um, he speaks in the Old Testament as if he's a mother hen, uh, uh, um, embracing her chicks under her wings. God is not a hen either, but I think the accommodation to us, I think God would be okay with it, but I, I cannot know that. <clears throat> Joseph says, my second question is on the Eucharistic fast. Is it a mortal sin to drink a chocolate-flavored fav- beverage or coffee within one hour of receiving a Holy Communion? Thank you, Mother. God bless you, Joseph. No, Joseph, it is a sin to not keep the fast. The fast is one hour prior to receiving Holy Communion, not after. Many churches have uh, coffee hours and all kinds of breakfast treats after communion. Um, I, I would want to encourage anyone, everyone not to have anything at, at least 15 minutes. Um, it is said that the Holy Eucharist remains in you um, in substantial form. So uh, I don't know, but uh, it's not at all uh, a, a sin, let alone a mortal sin. It's not a sin at all to have coffee or a chocolate drink or to eat after, uh, within one hour of receiving Holy Communion. Now you said within one hour of receiving. If you mean to have it before Holy Communion, that would be a sin. Do not have coffee or chocolate drinks or anything for one solid hour before receiving Communion. If you need medicine, 
the church makes that exception. If you need water or juice or something to take the medicine, the church makes that exception, but not for normal coffee or chocolate drink, no. And by the way, that hour fast includes gum in your mouth, uh, lozenges, sucking candies, anything at all in your mouth uh, is breaking that fast. Um, a text from someone who writes in anonymously, how do I talk to family Catholic Democrats who continue to support pro-abortion candidates? Well, um, you can show them by the catechism and by many encyclicals that the Catholic stance is anti-abortion. Um, yet you must not vote for any candidate who votes for abortion. And so um, you can tell them that it's not consistent uh, to call themselves a Catholic, and they can call themselves a Democrat and vote for abortion. But to call oneself a Catholic and a Democrat and vote as a Democrat, you are denying and opposing God and your Catholic faith. It's not consistent. So somehow they may fight you, they may think you're arrogant and ignorant and all of that, but uh, read them a portion from the catechism uh, how abortion is a non-negotiable. And if we vote for someone, Republican or Democrat, who supports abortion, then we are not voting as a Catholic and we are voting as an anti-Catholic. We're voting against God's laws and we're voting for the murder of children. Just to be a part of the Democratic Party means that you approve their platform, which is abortion at any stage from conception to to birth. It's inconsistent, and I would warn them that they don't have to agree with you, but you're not the author of truth. God is. Thou shalt not murder. And if we vote to commit murder, which is abortion, um, then we are in mortal sin. And unless we repent, we will not be in heaven with God. We have an email from Sister Mary Ignatius, who says, Dear Mother Miriam, thank you for your talks. I want to ask you something. I'm a religious sister, um, um, and she's actually a superior of her order, living in Istanbul, Turkey, looking after the poor elderly residents. We heard about the illumination of conscience, three days of darkness before the second coming of the Lord. What is going to be first, the illumination of conscience or three days of darkness? My understanding, dear sister, is that it's the illumination of conscience that many people think is going to happen uh, by the end of this fall, which is December 21st. I can't say for sure, but that's what uh, uh, many have said the timing is. The three days of darkness uh, is going to happen after some other things take place. She says, I heard from the Garabandal message that Our Lady will tell Conchita uh, eight days before it happens. Um, there she mentions the miracle. If you give me a clear explanation, I will appreciate it. The miracle is separate from the three days of darkness and from the illumination of conscience. 
Um, it is a miracle of, I believe, a huge luminous cross in the sky that will be seen by everyone, and many people will be healed. I, I don't know more than that. I have seen the film uh, Garabindal, but I don't recall more than that. Sister says, in your talk, you mentioned to be prudent to keep food for three months. Is it because of the corona, and why three months specifically? Thank you, Mother. God bless you. Um, from Sister Mary Ignatius. Um <clears throat> Um, let's see now. I, you know, uh, here, uh, I had been listening to those and I, I'm not normally give in to this. I usually am not gullible. I usually don't fi- follow, uh, the modern day prophets and such. Um, but the, the prophecies, uh, also have come from many apparitions of our lady and just putting them together. Um, I don't know it's going to happen, but um, I am among those who believe it is going to happen, and if it's withheld, it's it's the mercy of God. So we were uh, told um, by several um, that... Um, that the three months would begin in October, and now October's over. Um, it, the, the three months had to do uh, with the coronavirus, but the coronavirus uh, was mostly a scam, even though it was true. Um, more people died from the regular virus than they died from coronavirus. Um, but uh, the, the um, information was that there'd be another more serious and deadly virus and we simply would not be able to go outside so we needed the food in our house um bill gates is now talking about another virus um i don't know if it's invented i don't know if it's real i don't know if it's manufactured but he's now talking about it um and that's going to come upon us I, i don't know i don't know but I, I I pass on to you what I do know, um, and the, one of the most uh, greatest things that is to be passed on to you are the words of the Apostle Paul, who says, "I pass on to you what I have received: that Christ died for our sins, according to the Scripture; that's according to the Old Testament, and rose again on the third day, according to the Scriptures." So both the death and resurrection of Christ, the Messiah, has been foretold throughout the whole Old Testament. We have an email from Ryan. He says, I am at high risk and I am not able to go to our local church. What am I to do to be closer to God? I feel like my heart is broken because I cannot go to Mass and receive Um, the body and blood of Christ. And Mother, thank you for all that you do. God bless you and may Mary watch over you, Ryan. Thanks, Ryan. Um, I don't know if you're high risk because you're elderly and infirm. Um, Again, you can wear a mask. Uh, I would ask if there's anyone at the church to bring the Holy Eucharist to you. Um, but the only, you can watch Mass online if that's possible for you, Ryan, but um, I, I, that's not the same as going to Mass. Um, if your pastor can bring the Holy Eucharist to you, of course, that would be wonderful. And if not, um, uh, God does receive your spiritual communion and can bless you greatly for it. As some have pointed out, Sometimes the graces through a sincere spiritual communion are greater than receiving the actual Eucharist because so many people are 
uh, take our Lord for granted, our Lord in the Eucharist, and receive him without reverence and even in in a state of mortal sin. So, Ryan, dear... You can look up online anywhere an act of spiritual communion and receive our Lord spiritually. Um, we have many cards. We we sent them out with the last mailing, and we have a couple of hundred extra. Um, if you let us know, write us, or email us, do something, give us your address, and we'll put them in the mail to you. So it's a very, very beautiful uh, card with a spiritual communion prayer on it. Um, and we will mail them out to you at no charge. That goes for anybody else who would like the spiritual communion cards who are not able to get to Mass, or even if you are, just send us your name and full mailing address, and we will get it to you. Okay, hold on now. We're going to our last break, and um, you're welcome to call in during the break. one 877 511 with anything on your heart. Um, and uh, we will um, uh, take your emails as well when we come back. Don't go away. We stand at a crossroads in history. We can stand up for life, family, and a Christian culture. Or we can stand idly by while the fabric of society becomes fundamentally anti-life, anti-family, and anti-Christian, slowly leading to its own demise. LifeSite News is the leading defender of life, family, and Christian culture. Through our news reporting, we seek to educate readers with information and zeal. They need to fight the most crucial battles of our day. And we need your help to continue that mission. You can support LifeSite News by following our social media pages on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Another way to support LifeSite is to prayerfully consider becoming a Sustained Life monthly donor to help us continue to save lives in the culture. To donate, visit give.lifesitenews.com forward slash sustain life. Our staff of over 40 and millions of future generations Thank you for helping to save the culture. Join us here on the Station of the Cross for the Liturgy of the Hours at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern with the Office of Readings read at 3 o'clock. In the Gospel of St. Matthew, chapter 18, verse 20, Jesus tells us where two or three are gathered together in my name, there am I in the midst of them. The Liturgy of the Hours is also known as the Divine Office and is the daily prayer of the Church. So you know you'll be uniting your prayer with priests, religious, and laity throughout the world. It's comprised of small reflections, readings from sacred scripture, and writings from saints and theologians. To learn more about the Liturgy of the Hours, visit thestationofthecross.com. That's thestationofthecross.com. Pray with us each day at 5 a.m., 3 p.m., and 9.30 p.m. Eastern, right here on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network. Welcome to Mother Miriam Live on the Station of the Cross Catholic Radio Network with live video streaming brought to you by LifeSite News and the Station of the Cross. Call Mother with your questions at 1-877-511-5483 or email her at mother at thestationofthecross.com. Welcome back, beloved, to Mother Miriam Live. This is our last segment. and. 
Uh, you're welcome to call in. You know what? I'm I'm wondering if because of the fun drive, the phones may be taken up at the fun drive, and you may not be able to call in today. Um, so um, at least we're, we're taking your emails and texts, um, and that is mother at the station of the cross dot com. We have an email from Yvette. Um, Yvette. Hello, Mother Miriam. I've recently come back to my Catholic religion. Wonderful, Yvette. I've been married for 13 years while living in sin, as I am not married by the church, but have been living as brother and sister for the last two years. We have always had a troubled marriage. He is an alcoholic, among other addictions. I've gone to Al-Anon for help, and I've gone to my local parish. At this point, I want to just leave with my two children, ages 11 and 2. But even though I work full-time financially, I am unable to do so. I have taught my older son to pray the rosary, which we've been doing for months together daily, and read the Bible daily. I am happy to be able to go to confession and receive the Eucharist. Blessed be God, Yvette. And I feel God has blessed me through all this turmoil that I live daily. I have asked him to go to confession um, before October. Well, uh, Yvette, I don't know how old your email is, my goodness, and welcomed him uh, to pray with us, but he does not want to. I take my children every Sunday to Mass now that we can attend. He also gets upset as I have created an altar in my home. Some... uh, Times are difficult everywhere, and I just want to prepare in case something were to happen. It is a constant battle with his addictions, and I try to ignore his comments. As he is verbally abusive, I find it difficult at times and succumb. I engage with him, and I end up getting dismissed and not being able to talk. I end up crying out of frustration and hurt. I just want some advice on what to do until I can get out. I want to continue to grow in my faith and teach my children. God bless you, and thank you, Yvette. Yvette, I have only one suggestion. Pretend that our Lord Jesus Christ came from heaven and appeared to you in your home, all alone by yourself. And he said, Yvette, I know exactly the state of your soul, I know your children. I know what you're suffering. I, um, I'm pleased that you've confessed and come back to the church. You're receiving the Eucharist. You're living as brother and sister with your husband. That is all good. I commend you. But Yvette, the picture's not yet complete. I want your husband in heaven. That's why you're his wife. So I have um, a job for you, dear Yvette. You have not too much time ahead of you to help your husband turn to me. And the only way he's going to turn to me is if you accept that everything that comes to you from him, I, that is Jesus, have allowed. Every abuse, every curse, I don't mean physical abuse, but every um, uh, whatever the addictions do. Everything from him, every argument, every disagreement, uh, every curse word, um, every awful attitude, every bit of verbal abuse, you need to hear my voice, Yvette, and say, Yvette, I love you. I have allowed this. 
I have allowed this so he could see my love in you combating his sin because I came to the world for sinners. And I didn't wait until he, I demonstrated my love in that while I died for all of you while you were yet in your sin. And your husband doesn't know that, not deep in his heart. He's addicted. Alcohol is a terrible disease, and uh, he's not going to think clearly. And so, Yvette, I want you to come uh, become my little saint in your home. I want you to speak gently to your husband. And whatever he does to yell at you, say, sweetheart, I'm so sorry. Or, honey, um, I'm, I'm, I'm doing what I believe God wants, and he wants me to love you, and I do. I do. So, you know, and, and just say, I want to help you in every way I can. And if I cannot help you, um, uh, God will help you, sweetheart. So do any, everything you can, Yvette, to trust that every attack that reaches you, God has permitted in order that your loving, holy response will wear him down and bring him to salvation. Okay. That's it. Um, you might want to read a book by Elizabeth Lesur. No, it's not Elizabeth Lesur. I forget the author. It's her husband. It's why I became Catholic is, I believe, the title. I'm not even sure of that because um, uh, uh, Emile Zoli has a book by that title. It's Elizabeth Lesur um, was married. She was a devoted Catholic married to an atheist who cursed her out and cursed God out. And she could never leave anything around the house. And But she kept a diary of God's love in response to her husband's atrocities. And after she died, he read her diary and he gave his life to Christ because she lived such an authentic life. Not only did he become a Catholic, but he became a priest. It's a wonderful book and it may encourage you. We have an email from Andrew who says, I attend a private college in upstate New York. The college used to be Catholic, um, but has become unaffiliated over the years. However, we still have a priest on campus and a large community attending mass and liturgical events. Our priest promotes Father James Martin, oh dear, Black Lives Matter, that's awful, and many other uh, left-leaning ideologies. I've had discussions with him on multiple occasions, and he knows that I disagree with much of what he's doing, yet he does not listen to my ideas or point of view. I'm going to tell you without meeting that priest, Andrew, that he has lost his faith. End of story. I don't. I, I can't judge a soul, but I can judge what somebody does. That is a priest who has lost, lost his faith and apostatized from the church. Andrew says, I attend Latin Mass off campus, but I continue to alter-serve Eucharistic adoration on campus and lead a rosary club. My dilemma lies in the fact that many of my friends and fellow students, excuse me, Many of my friends and fellow students attend Mass and listen to homilies that revolve around the democratic platform. In addition, the friends who are sick of this priest remain skeptical about the Latin Mass. I wonder, have they ever attended the Latin Mass? Have they heard a faithful homily? 
How do I lead my friends away from this confusion and falsehood? What about the other students who attend Mass and think they're receiving the true Catholic faith? I'm torn between totally leaving the campus ministry program altogether or staying around to try to lead some people to the truth. Pardon me. Thanks for any help. Love your show. Andrew, um, I would say as much as you can, anyone who disagrees with you, say, would you do me one favor as a gift to me? Would you come to the Latin Mass with me on Sunday? Just once, only once, would you come to the Latin Mass with me on Sunday? Only this once. You'll receive our Lord in the Eucharist. You'll hear a Eucharist. You'll hear a, a faithful homily, and you'll see the difference. And if you're not drawn to it, you're not. But I beg you, as a gift to me, make it an early Christmas gift. Make it a late birthday gift, whatever it is. Would you come with me to the Latin Mass? Um, uh, You are being poisoned here. You are being poisoned. This priest is teaching against the Catholic faith, and your souls are at stake. I would tell them that, Andrew. God bless all of you. Call in, beloved, and give to the close of the campaign now for uh, the Station of the the Cross.com. Speak to you tomorrow.